0: Michael's been in my back all night. He's bothering me. Why do not you make your payment last Tuesday? What do you mean? I made my payment last Tuesday. What are you talking about? You paid him last week? Yeah, I paid him last week. Well, what did he say? Said I didn't pay him? He's a fucking liar. Where is he? You paid him. Yeah, I paid him. Last week. Yeah. Last Tuesday. Yeah.
1: Charlie, you don't know where He's we're... here. Where? Out front. He's here? Yeah. So what do I do? All right, let me go get him. We'll straighten this thing out, all right? Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, Charlie. What? Well, you're right. I'm right. Yeah, was it was last Tuesday? Yeah, that's the Tuesday. That was last week. That's before the one that's about to come up. My mistake, I'm sorry. Forgive me. It was last week, the week before that
0: I was thinking of, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, huh? That's right. That's right.
2: Welcome to episode number 37 of Food and a Monkey. Uh My name is Ian Loring and I am uh, steering the ship this week. And as always, joined by faithful co-host...
0: Uh, Mark Foster. Hello, guys.
2: Hello, hello, hello. So, um, yeah, while we uh get down to the funky sounds of some music that I have chosen, it will be the uh, the uh initial end credit mu- music for Filth. Uh, I don't know the name of that song, but I do like the song. Um, it's... Funky and, baby, love broody really hurts without you. Oh, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, but that was my little rendition. Enjoy. Uh, so coming up this week, obviously, yeah, it's going to be reviewing the Urban Welsh adaptation Filth, uh, starring James McAvoy. Uh, we are going to be doing some one old some, and one new, some trailers and starting our uh, new marathon. The only, I don't know about you, Mark, but the only name for this marathon I could come up with was
0: a night marathon on Elm Street, which is lame. I'm 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 up for that. A night marathon on Elm Street. Yep, I'm, that is. I like that.
2: That's as punny as we're going to get on this one. <laughs> so um, so we're going to be uh, we're going to be t- tackling the first two films in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise: uh, Wes Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, Jack Shoulders and Nightmare on Elm Street two, uh, Part Two: Freddy's Revenge. Do 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 do. Also, should say. Um, thanks to you majority silent fuckers, uh, it looks like we're going to have to do the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Uh, thanks to the, the one tweet we got from Glenn Chapman. So thank you, Glenn, you <laughs> bastard. Uh, we'll, we'll be tackling Samuel Bayer's A Nightmare on Elm Street um, in a few weeks' time. Um, but yeah, uh, do the monkey at gmail.com. The annoying thing is, I, I, every podcast says it, but we've got quite a few listeners. We don't do too badly. No, you're know,
0: you all right. Just, yeah. just nobody likes talking to us. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. It's fine as long as people are listening and they're, they're, they're enjoying listening to it. It's the main thing, I suppose. Uh So, yeah, uh, dudeandamonkey.gmail.com, at dudefoss, at ianloring, at Uh Mark, have you got anything to say before we get into it?
0: Uh No, I'm going to get this shit started.
2: Coolio, dude. So, um few trailers out this week that I know I've seen. Let's see uh, what you've seen this week. Uh, Mark, trailers.
0: Uh, I'll start with the um, the bad. Um, saw the trailer for Jack Ryan, um, the latest in that that series. You know, I, I'm not a... They're entertaining enough films. You know, The Clear and Present Danger, The Home for October um, and Patriot Games films. They're all... They're fairly much of a much, but they're particularly kind of throwaway, forgettable, Friday night fun. Uh, and then we got the, the latest Jack Ryan trailer, Darren Kevin Costner, which is always great. It's good to see him in anything. Uh, and Chris Pine. I actually don't have a problem with Chris Pine, but it just looks so incredibly formulaic and dull, to be honest. Um, I, I, I hope it's just a bad trailer, but it just, it did nothing for me. In the two and a half minutes that it was on, I was getting a little bit bored and thinking, "God, if this film's two hours long, imagine how bad it's going to be if I'm bored after two and a half minutes." Um, I, I, I
2: actually thought the trailer was okay.
0: Personally, it just, I, it just, I, I just thought it looked so boring. I, 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 I actually, like say, I'm actually fairly looking forward to this kind of reboot, but it does. That trailer did nothing for me.
2: I don't know i i i like the the fight that he um he had with the big burly guy um i I thought that was kind of interesting it looks like it might be a bit more kind of in, kind of intimate hand to handy kind of combat action sequences as as opposed to massive massive explosions even though i think there were were some big explosions in there I also like the idea of you know his you know his wife maybe not being all that she seems or whatever and, like, the kind of relationship she's going to have with Kenneth Branagh's character, I I think that could
0: prove... That, that, that would have been... I'd be, I'd be fine with that in the film, but the, it, that trailer gives an awful lot away. It
2: does It does seem to suggest a bit too much, yeah, but...
0: Yeah. And why is Branagh doing a fake voice? I really...
2: In, in <laughs> all fairness, he's playing a Russian, and if <laughs> you had him doing Kenneth Branagh voice... I think people would be equally critical.
0: I, I agree. I agree there, but it's just—it's that particular type of Russian voice. Yeah, it's just. it's yes, yeah, yes, it, You shadowy bastard. You are. It's is, it is yes. just like that. It is. It is literally like a bit like the like what I said about Travolta in Killing Season. It's just like you went. Ah, Russian. That's well easy to do. Will you do his talk like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it, it's that bad. And it's like and just, and just, and just, and just and nobody ever met a Russian person. Hmm. Yeah, um, I, I, I
2: don't know. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, sorry. But that's Ah, what's going on? Sorry. I'm just going to close that. Sorry, I'll just explain what was happening then. I was on Trailer Addict, just looking at like the, the trailers I was going to talk about, and I scrolled... And it was like part of a video advert playing, but I hadn't scrolled fully up to it. So I scrolled up a little bit, and then suddenly the audio from it started bursting through my ears. So I do apologise.
0: <laughs> no, I've brummed it I think. The next one I uh, watched was the... Um, actually, this in the cinema. The new trailer for Last Vegas. Um... It looks like in of those films that you're going to watch it and go, this is terrible, but kind of by the end of it, go, that was awful. Oh, I kind of enjoyed it at points. Uh-huh. I feel it's going to be one of those, not one I'll necessarily rush at the cinema to see, but one that I'm interested to see what kind of chemistry those four actors can give us and whether or not it is just... Um, the OAP hangover, which it probably will be. Yeah,
2: yeah, it, it's... I, 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 I don't know, that trailer, it was just like, even the jokes were kind of cut quite slowly, as if it was aimed at older people who <laughs> need a bit more time to get the <laughs> jokes. Like that thing at the end, cause I saw this trailer before, Filth, um, as well, uh, the, the one at the end with it's, it's all spinning around. Yeah, and it's just like you know where this is going, and then yeah. it had that shot of them spinning on the bed for a few more
0: seconds than
2: you'd usually have.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, I, yeah, I know exactly what you mean.
2: Yeah, that that was kind. Uh, I don't know. That was a bit brutal. It's it's one that I'll be watching at home.
0: Yeah, I would say it, it, actually, it's not one that I'm gonna be busting a gut to go to the cinema to see. Um, yeah. Especially soon as there will probably be something pretty decent out that same weekend. That I could, that we can sort of see. I yeah. can't see it being a, oh, what's out this weekend? Oh, well, it's just that. Oh, well, I don't mind going to see that. You know, it's one of those where I'll, I'll happily wait until it, until it arrives. One yeah, abs- absolutely. I agree with that. Um, watched another trailer for um, Machete Kills, which actually wasn't really a trailer for Machete Kills. It was more a promo for a Lady Gaga song. Um, and again, I'm really, really worried that that one's gonna be an absolute stinker. Do
2: you know what? It's, it's out next week, and The Fifth Estate is out next week as well. I've got way more, personally, I've got way more interest in watching The Fifth Estate.
0: Uh, I, I do too, because that's my next trailer that I'm coming to, um, which I saw before Phil. Um and I, I'm watching it going, right, it, it, that film has got, A couple of ways it could go because it all depends on, on what the, on what story they're trying to tell, on whose sort of side they're on, the filmmakers. But what I'll say for the trailer is the trailer is making it look very interesting. There's, you know, some very talented people, uh, within the film. So I'm a lot more kind of leaning towards that. I think that could be a pretty damn good kind of conspiracy thriller.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously, it sounds like we'll be reviewing it next week, so it won't be too long to find out about that one. I, um, I, I I'm intrigued, but I'm just a little worried about the fact that it feels like a story without an ending.
0: Yeah, um, I have a feeling that, um, the ending's in the trailer.
2: Uh, okay, that's interesting. I have a, I have a feeling
0: the, the ending's in the trailer and that the, 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 the I think there's quite a possibility that the end shot in the film is in the trailer. Okay, interesting. Well, we'll, we'll uh, discuss that next week anyway. If it is, I'll say it, and if it isn't, I'll say which one I thought it was. Fair play. Um, next one is the uh, Broken Cycle breakdown. Second, uh, Broken Circle breakdown. Excuse me, um, which is a like a, a, a bluegrass music inspired story of uh, a, a relationship breakdown over time. Um... Looks like it could be quite weighty, but also has a scene in the trailer of a heavily tattooed woman in a bikini washing a car. So actually, a car, a pickup. So I'm fucking, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. That's all. That's pretty much, pretty much all I need. Nice. Um, my, I might not even get the film. <laughs> might just watch that bit of the trailer for two hours. Um, I saw the uh, trailer. Kind of saw a trailer for Godzilla. Um, ah, yes. Saw it on my phone, but with an audio that I'm not sure is the audio from the trailer.
2: Yeah, that you know what I mean, as in the audio wasn't very clean.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It didn't feel it, it, it when I was just watching it and looking at. It, I was watching it on my phone because there's a lot of places saying, "Oh my god, this is the trailer," and a lot of places saying, "Oh, it's got it's been taken down." So I just clicked on as many links I could so I could actually watch it and got one. I was watching it going. But this looks like visually it's the trailer, but I'd be very surprised if that fucking audio. Is with on the open
2: a quote.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is it. Is it? Is it it? Ah, yeah. oh, right. It must have just been. It's, it's, it's fuzzy as hell. Uh, yeah,
2: no. I, I, the one I watched was fuzzy as shit as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that it was more that it was that rather than that feeling out of out of uh, sync with what the film was going for. It was just the audio was shocking. Um, I was already pretty much fucking well behind this film. Uh, but. If it's Godzilla destroys worlds, then fine, I'm, I'm down with that shit.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, that, as as a fucking statement of intent, that teaser is quite something. Bang mm. up for that, bang
0: up. I, I also like the fact that they're not going to do, go down the um, Cloverfield thing of not showing the monster. It, it's very much a look, fuck okay, it. We're not going to show you, the, it, it, you know, it completely. But here is Godzilla. Here is what you're going to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I like that. Uh, and also saw the trailer for Out of the Furnace, uh, the new Casey Affleck, Forrest Whitaker, Christian Bale and Woody Harrelson film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well up for that. Looks very good. It's nice to see um, Woody Harrelson not just sort of playing the support of comic relief, because I think it's often lost that uh, Woody Harrelson is actually a pretty fucking solid actor.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so... Very much looking forward to that. I think for all the shit he gets, people again forget with Christian Bale that he's actually a pretty fucking talented actor as well. And Casey Affleck pretty much knocks it out of the park every time he goes out there nowadays.
2: Mm.
0: And of course, we all love Wonky Eyeliner. Uh, well,
2: everybody like yeah, everybody likes a bit of that.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is there anything that you've seen that I've, I've left off?
2: Uh, yeah, no, I saw the, uh, the trailer for Short Term 12, which is this, uh, Brie Larson st- starring Indy that's got an awful lot of, um, uh, good buzz to it. It comes out in early November, I think. Um, the, the film looks like it, uh, sorry, the trailer looks like it, it, it tells an awful lot of the fucking narrative, um, frankly, but, um, uh, I don't know, it, 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 it looks indie and fairly interesting, but we'll, we'll see if I get to it. Um, I saw the trailer for I Frankenstein, which looks like it's got Watch It after a couple of pints on a Friday night written all over it, frankly. Um What the fuck Aaron Eckhart's doing in that I don't know, but cool. He,
0: he's kind of shit the bed a little bit since Dark Knight, hasn't he? Yeah,
2: um bless him. I yeah. Uh I mean, oh Christ! He played second fiddle to Gerard Butler in Olympus Has Fallen. A couple of years back, Aaron Eckhart would have been in the Gerard Butler role in Olympus Has Fallen. So it's yeah, I I don't know, I don't know, but we'll see. Um, and I watched the new trailer for The Hobbit: Desolation of Smaug, um, which. I, the, the, the trailers for this new one look pretty good. I hope it's as dramatic and epic and kind of action-packed as as these trailers make it look like. Um, I think I think I'm i I'm, I'm getting sent the extended edition of the 3D Blu-ray of the first one to review, and I am intrigued to rewatch the hobbit because i watched it in 48 frames per second and, and i like it yeah i i hated the 48 frames per second and i watched it at half 10 at night so i think those might have very much played against watching the hobbit for me and i think when we reviewed it on heroes for example i think i was very much like I you know the, the high frame rate has an awful lot to do with my opinions on it so we we'll, we we'll, we'll see but I'm more and more intrigued by the desolation of smog the more I see of it um but there's almost zero chance of being seeing it in the cinema because of the baby mm. so you know which is a shame because it looks it's a good trailer that I I mean I I wasn't as into the trailers for the first one the trailers for this one, both of them, I've been very, very much shit. That looks good, so we'll we'll see, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I think I that's.
0: Do not see Hobbit?
2: Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, for, fair play to Netflix. It's on Netflix UK now. Yeah, you know, I mean, like you could. It, it just it is very long,
0: and well, that, that's that's it. I, I have. I wouldn't mind watching it. I have, but I. You know, I have very little interest in the first three. I've watched them. I enjoyed them when I first watched them. I've tried to rewatch them, and I can't put myself through it. I just can't do it. Um, And I I don't... I can't sort of... I never sort of look at it when it's on the tile on Netflix and go, yeah, I'll give that a watch. If it was two hours long, I'd be like, yeah, fuck it. But it's not. It's two hours 40 or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I keep thinking, if if, if I'm going to watch that film that's two hours 40... I might as well watch this film that's Charles 40 or this film that's Charles 40 because I know that I'm more like, I like that or that.
2: I think that's totally fair. Um, it, it's, I really, really, really like the, um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'm, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of them and generally for dwarf and elf filled stuff, I'm, um, somewhat more, more wary, but, um, Yeah, I I, I don't know, we'll see. I mean, we won't be reviewing it on the show anyway. To be honest, the the release schedule of the show for December is something we're going to have to have a talk about anyway,
0: I think. Yeah, I think we're we're probably going to have to sort of... We'll we'll work some out. We'll work some out that'll be cool and that'll that'll still get it coming out in areas, uh, but it maybe not be a cinema based. We'll say.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, I think an end of the year show is a given. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and I I'm going to see Anchorman: The Legend Continues in the cinema no matter what. So I mean, we could do a show on that.
0: And and you'll you'll no doubt get our uh, what will become our annual drunk film review, drunk film commentary.
2: Yeah, yeah, there will yeah, there will be some sort of tra- I mean, like we're gonna do Streets of Fire in November's tie in with the Blu ray release anyway. Oh, odd, yeah, too right, man. But I mean we'll we'll do something else in December. But yeah, I mean obviously we'll it, it's all dependent on when the kid wants to burst out, I suppose. So mm. but um anyway, let's uh but yeah, that's that's so that's it for the trailers for me. Uh you feel as well, as think. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, I'm done. Yep. Yeah.
2: Okay, cool. So we'll uh, get into a bit of uh, the uh, the the clip or the trailer for Filth, and then we'll uh, get
0: straight on it. Who the fuck is that? Peter! Peter! I haven't seen you in such a long time, sweetie. Where have you been hiding? Brought some friends along, I see. Who the fuck are you? Yeah. I don't know this guy. Oh, sorry. I didn't realise it was that kind of scene.
2: Oh, Peter can be so sensitive. Oh! I don't fucking know you! Okay! Hey, 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 hey. come on, man. I car. don't know the guy, Ray. Well, he seems to know you. You know that fucking shit on the toilet wall, didn't you? Did I fuck? Probably one of your fucking boyfriends.
1: You disgust me. Get your face off my cock get off me you
2: fucking and that was uh, some of Filth uh, directed by John S. Baird John S. Baird or J- John M. Baird I should have- S. Baird it is S. Baird should have gone with my initial instinct Uh starring James McAvoy Eddie Marzan, Jamie Bell um, and others uh, it is the story of uh, Detective Bruce Robertson played by um, uh, James McAvoy Uh, who is a man who is after a promotion and will do anything that he can to get it. Uh, mainly screwing everyone around him over. Uh, but as he's doing this, uh, his mind starts to play tricks on him and he starts to unravel. Uh, based on the Irvin Welsh film, uh, sorry, book of the same name. Spoilers throughout. Uh, And to be honest, I would say if you're interested in the film and you haven't seen it, uh, I, I would skip the review because there there are actually spoiler worthy things to talk about here. Uh,
0: Pretty huge ones, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah,
2: yeah. Surprisingly so. Uh, Mark, mm. what did you uh, what did you think of filth?
0: Um, first of all, I, what I will say? Um, before I start talking about the film, is I, I went to see this at a at a view, uh, which a I was quite surprised it was playing at a view and not my local art house uh, cinema. Uh and it was playing in Screen Nine, which is one of the biggest screens there. So, you know, whoever's programmed that, good on them, well done. Uh it's 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 good to see a film like this getting played and getting given that kind of treatment, because screen nine is a it's a brilliant screen um to see films in. Um so I was quite shocked about that when they said it was screen nine. Thought I got the wrong ticket. Um Phil, so great at Phil. Um it's It revels in its homophobia. It revels in its xenophobia. It revels in just about every kind of debaestal act it can come up with, um, and it portrays these things as being not only funny but at points cool, etc., etc. Um, but underneath all that. It is complete total satire and I thought it was an incredible film nice okay um... I really did I was it's funny when it's supposed to be funny it is um it is in almost a I mean the film that it kept reminding me of because I think of the, the lead character in a lot of ways was uh Herzog's uh Bad Lieutenant. So sure. you know it has a lot of similarities in the case it's it's a police officer unraveling over a short period of time um but it also uh kind of it it has this this way of showing you this stuff and Sort of pointing at it and saying, right, well, it's this, and I'm going to tell all this, throw out all this homophobic crap, and you know, you're going to find it funny. Why are you finding it funny? Because it is funny, but why are you finding it funny? And it's it, it's almost doing that, and it is almost verging onto funny games kind of uh, territory in in that kind of sense. And mm. oh, shit, my mind's gone blank. Who is it, director funny games?
2: Hanukkah.
0: Hanukkah, of course it is. Mine wouldn't get, wouldn't get Haneke out of my, in my brain, but it wouldn't put it to my mouth. Yes. It's almost like, um, that, like that kind of playful way that Haneke kind of tells the audience off while at the same time transfixing them. And this is all bedded down by sort of two things. One, you've got a, a very good story, um, written by Irving Welsh and then adapted by Jonas Baird. But let's be honest, without you know somebody in the center of that, and having everything revolve around that one person. If you get Bruce Robertson's casting wrong, and you get somebody who can do ninety percent of that, you're going to lose forty percent of the movie. But if you can get somebody who can one hundred percent pull off everything about Bruce Robertson, and that's not just the the crassness, that's the the brokenness and the, the fragility there and all that, uh, then. You're going to have an incredible film, and McAvoy is just an absolute sensation in this film. What do yeah, you think?
2: Yeah, I um, I, yeah, I, I, the more I think about filth, the more I like it. Mm. Uh, I must say, and it, 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 it was interesting because during the film, I was kind of thinking, yeah, th- there were a lot of people around me who were laughing a lot for the first half hour, and I laughed at a couple of moments, but. Um it, I, I was just kind of thinking, right, if it's just gonna be shock for shock's sake, like the, like the marketing kind of painted it as being. Yeah. Then, like, I, and I think the marketing was very, very canny, if a bit deceptive. Oh, yes. Um, in, in getting that audience in. Mm. Because, like, the next hour, after the first half hour, you could basically hear a pin drop.
0: Oh, no. did you have any walkouts?
2: Uh, no, actually. I had a few. Points. Yeah, no, I I was kind of expecting it. I was I was surprised that I didn't. Um and yeah, I was thinking for a little while in the film if it's just going to go down this road it's go- I'm not going to like it at all.
0: No, I I I, I yeah, so if it is stuck to the same path that maybe not the first 10 minutes had, but the the second 20 minutes.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean it's interesting because um I I listened to um I think I've listened to two interviews with McAvoy in the last 24 hours. So it was either the Empire magazine one or the Kirby de Mayo podcast one, where he was saying that he got the script and for the first 30 pages, he was just like, well, yeah, it's funny, but where's, you know, if it's just going to keep where on here, here, what the fuck? Then, you know, it, the fact that it does kick in and the fact that it does become a study of a man who is just losing his mind i mean there's there's no other way of putting it it is just he is cracking up in his own individual way and he needs help but the fact that he's so reprehensible when he like when he is in his bad ways it made me think it's the first time i think i've ever seen a film where a character commits suicide at the end then I just think yeah that's entirely appropriate you've got nothing left you have absolutely fucked up everything and a lot of it was your own doing mm. I yeah fair enough you're not hurting anyone because i don't think there is a single because that's the thing about suicide that that angers me you know like it is the fact that i i personally i'm you know i'm not judging anyone i has any different opinions of it I think it's a very, very, very selfish act. Now, the, the fact is, Robertson, by the end of the film, has no one. No. It
0: it, it it is it, it very much seems like he's decided it, it's not the best thing for me to commit suicide. Yeah, it's, it's... It's the best thing for everybody else around me. Yeah. If I do that. Because, I, you know, there's... So here we're reviewing the film, not the book, and I've not read the book, so this might go—it might go further than that. There's a very much an idea explored within the film that that he uh, he, is—he does suffer from a multitude of mental illnesses. One of them being um, slight schizophrenia. The fact that he can snap and go from being—you know—quite normal and quite, you know—he has moments where. Realisation, and then all of a sudden he just turns back, and does that complete shift in the way his acting happens, and it's almost as if he's having a moment of sort of clarity, and he's gone, "I'm just going to go back to it. If I if I don't, somebody needs to stop me, and the only person who can stop me is me."
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, like even the dichotomy of like the last bit where. He's preparing to do it, and then he sees the the images that probably weren't even there of the uh, the, the mother and the child uh, in the mm. doorway, and then he goes, and then he he just says like same rules apply, and he kind of like with that kind of like cheeky kind of to the camera thing that he did in like the first act, and mm. then and then kicks the chair down. It's like the the dichotomy of his character just in that like ten second sequence alone, you know. It's um, it, it it's it's a hell of a thing. Um, it. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a very, very, very brave film. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, McAvoy is amazing in
0: it. I mean, yeah. he. Sorry, go on. He, he, he manages to have the. Because, let's be honest, for the first. For the first kind of 40 minutes, essentially, it, it's a. It's a comedy, really. It's a yeah. black comedy. Um, and it's a very. It's, it's Bronson-like in the way that it, 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 plays with visuals. um and it's, it's very black in that kind of way. And um, McAvoy is good at that. He, he comes across as being quite charismatic and uber-confident and like he could get away with all this. And also seems to have a level of intelligence and, um Machiavellian intent that is above everybody else. And he seems to have that and it's only as he gets closer and closer and builds everything up that it all starts to crumble down. And I think it's on the crumbling down where McAvoy really starts to shine. Cause I think you, there's a lot of actors that can do the bravado and do all of that and do the, you know, there's some great looks to the camera when he's just done something really shitty. Yeah. Um, but it's, the fact that it gradually it starts to get worse. I mean, there's a bit where the second time is it E-Rings uh Bunty and he's been watching the video of his wife. His oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that during that scene, I was um I kind of sat back and I was a little bit like, this is fucking this is a little this is getting me. Yeah. You know, this is heartbreaking that this that something something's happened to this guy's relationship that is more than the first bit of the film has let on, whether or not they're dead or they've left him or he's killed them or anything like that. You know, you don't know, but this guy is so broken and all he can think to do is to try and do something and get him out of it, you know, to, to, to bring on the other Bruce Robertson. And it's it's got that kind of thing to it. And there was quite a few people kind of laughing. And I thought, Oh god, people are people are completely missing the point.
2: I think for me, in my screening, that was the moment where I I I think people turned. Like I think there were a couple of chuckles. But then I think people generally got the the tone shift. And I I think And I think it is that scene in particular where the tone shift start, and I know, mm. I know, at least from that scene onwards, I didn't laugh for the rest of the film.
0: I, I laughed. I think, I think it was once. I think it was after. This, I laughed once, and it was at the sheer audacity of the filmmaker that it was a, a laugh of yeah, fuck it, I'm, I'm with that. I am with that, and I, I will come. To, I think we'll come to that a little bit a bit later. But yeah, yeah that, was, that was that was the yeah. moment where. Where I thought, holy Christ, McAvoy is absolutely knocking this out of the park because he managed to just go into, he managed to tap into a place in, in sort of in a member of the audience myself, where I felt just at the time I felt just so kind of like broken and sorry for him, and so far he's done nothing to make you feel sorry for him.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I will say. um because the, the way we're talking at the moment, it's like it would be one of my films of the year, and I, I don't think it is. Um, it, it missteps in a few aspects for me, and I think it might be from page to screen. I mean, like considering how complicated already it seemed like it was to get this to the screen, it, it almost feels mean to kind of point these out, but I think it's worth doing. I think the the idea that the wife kind of, like, having her little monologues. Mm. They, I knew very, very early on that there was something else going on there just because of how disconnected that was from the rest of it.
0: Oh, yeah, I I agree with that. Did did you know what it was, though? Uh, um, Because I had no idea.
2: No, I didn't know that it was going to be him cross-dressing, and I will say I don't think that stuff was handled quite as... Well as I I don't know it felt very it felt weird and convenient that he was the one who kind of stopped them and found the kid who was being beaten like who had been beaten to death that there was just a bit of narrative connective tissue that I didn't think did a very good job and the one one thing as well that I will say and I think you just referenced it mm. the musical sequence yeah I wasn't into that
0: I. I- I think I got that into the film that when it happened, and and I, I, you know, I just, I burst into, well, I I, I burst into laughter at it and thought, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, this has no place in this film at all. It shouldn't be here. It it is completely out of place. But fuck it. Yeah. I I think, I thought, I think I was just, it had got me by that point that. It, it, it pretty much could have done anything, and I'd have probably still enjoyed it. Fair
2: play. I mean, it, to me, it felt like a self-indulgence too far. But I and, and but however, the animated sequence at the end, oh, I like, thought well, was great. Oh, oh,
0: that was glorious, wasn't
2: it? You know, just the people left during that. Yeah, people left during it in mine as well.
0: Oh, fucking idiots. Yeah, like, it, that, that was brilliant.
2: It, I mean, it's so fucking subversive, and it, and yeah. again, it's it's the whole satirical thing. Yeah, and I think that had a point. I think personally, the musical sequence maybe on rewatch, and I, I will rewatch this film um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, very much. So, I, I maybe I'll get into that more. But it, it that the whole cross dressing thing felt to me a bit of a step, a slight a slight misstep. But I understand why it was there. I just don't think it was handled quite as but then again, I, I wouldn't know what to say to, to improve it. You know, it just it didn't quite connect with me upon me. However, you know, I mean, that really. That's my only that's my only flaw of it. And I love that it made me think I, I do like that. it That it made me think, oh, hang on a second. Is it going to go in this direction for the first half hour? And then completely turn me around.
0: Mm, I, is it, I, it is. It, it's it stops being a comedy film.
2: Yeah. I mean it stops pretty much dead in its tracks as well. Yeah. I I I think that's in- incredibly ballsy and I, mean, I I also think that's good because it actually gave Imogen Poops something to do in the second half because I was just it I just thought it was weird that she was there but not doing anything for a good long while.
0: Yeah, I mean their their sort of scene together uh where they had the confrontation scene uh is actually quite a, a good a good little five minutes, like a highlight little five minutes in the film. Uh, and, you know, Pooch manages to very much kind of hold her own with McAvoy, who by this point is just a fucking whirlwind happening. And I, I, it's kind of, there's, there's a few, there's sort of two or three moments where he snaps and then pulls himself back. The bit where he pushes her up against the the yeah. wall. And she's, like, she's actually hit him. And he kind of, he, he starts thinking, I'm not going to hit her. I'm not going to hit her. And it's, it's the... You kind of think, oh, hang on a minute—is she doing this so he hits her, so he won't get the promotion, or does she actually give a shit? And there's a kind of a moment where I think he ha- kind of thinks that, and then he realizes, shit, I wasn't going to hit you, and it's kind of almost like he's trying to convince himself.
2: Yeah, the, the way he says, her. like, I, I, I wouldn't, I wasn't going to hit you, sweetheart, or yeah. something like that. Like the way, he, yeah. yeah, he and does he, that he, is fantastic.
0: And, it, and that was the moment where I thought look has he killed his wife and his kid or something like that or has he is his wife sent his kid away yeah and he's killed her because she won't tell him where she is to keep him away from him or anything like that because there's a, there's a few points where he, he mentions you know tell me where she is about his daughter like he's like she's she's i don't know there was, there was that element and the fact that it doesn't tell you about you know what's happened there until later but that's a great point, and the point where he's explaining to her that he's that he, he, there's something wrong with him, and then all of a sudden he just fucking snaps again. So, yeah,
2: snaps again. It, it's kind of like building up. in I mean, the score, um, Clint Mansell's score, the way it kind of it builds up in those moments as mm. well. It's uh, it, it's very 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 well done. I mean, it's mm. it's a it's a really well polished film as
0: well. I mean, yeah, I mean the, the soundtrack is, is uh, as well as the score. The soundtrack it yeah. in. Is, is, incredible as well. Mm, mm-hmm. It works so well with it. Yeah,
2: I mean, it just, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, it's a heavy 8 out of 10, low 9 out of 10 for me. I think, I'm thinking more 9 than 8 to be honest, cause so, like the more I think on it, the, the more it, it think, actually
0: grabs me. I think for me, it, it, it's, I'd, I'd agree that it's, it's, it's between a 9 uh, and 8 and a 9, but I, if I was going if you asked me to hit a solid number rather than eight point yeah. seven five yeah, yeah 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 I'd be going do you know what it's a, it, it, it's it's a nine <laughs> and I think it'll actually it, it I think I'll probably like it more on rewatch. so do I actually um uh, because I had a lot of surprise elements in it I was surprised at how at how confident it was I was surprised at... it's gonna sound really strange it's like a film it is I was surprised at how toned down it was. That it, that it it wasn't just an hour and 40 minutes of the that you know that first half hour. Because that, that's what my worry was that it was just yeah. going to be yeah. an hour and 40 minutes of that bit and a lot of people going, oh it's brilliant you know because it's this I'm like no that that's not brilliant. That's not great. That's homophobic 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 and Racist references that you can laugh at and indulge in without seeming like you're homophobic and racist. But it definitely wasn't that. And that is what I think started to win me around. Once you fact that, that it very much is being super subversive in those things. In saying, look, this guy is doing all of this, but you've got to remember, no matter how charismatic this guy is and how much you've got to feel sorry for him, this is a terrible person.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, man. It's, um, no, i sorry, I was just, I, I was just looking as well because I just remembered, um, James McAvoy's sister is in this.
0: Yeah, she plays the, um, the, let, let, let's call her the, the, the Chab Queen.
2: Is she the blonde one? Yes. Okie dokie, right? Okay, that so makes he, uh, that makes uh, way uh, more sense.
0: At one point, he he, ha, he he is pinning her down, asking if she wants to lick his balls.
2: I thought for a second that she was the what the, the young girl that he makes
0: give him no. a blowy,
2: and that would have no. been fucking bizarre.
0: No, no, it was definitely it definitely wasn't her. No, it was the other one. She's a folk singer, I think. Uh, his sister as well. Okay. Um But, uh, yeah, I, sorry, I, I think also, as well, I, another sort of great cracking uh Bruce Robertson's psyche moment is when he goes to see Eddie Marsden in the cells. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's sort of saying, why, why are you horrible to me? Why do you do these things to me? You know, I, I, you're my best friend. And it's like, and he just says, because I can. Yeah. And then just beats the hell out of him. And it's just... It, it's that moment I think where you start think he's he, that's it that was his last remaining shred of of um, normality gone. You know his his psyche is now completely broken. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Fuck you know. And David Tennant was going to be Peter Ingalls. He was he's, yeah the the.
0: I think that would have been a very, very big, very bad bit of miscasting. Yeah. Because, because it had just played it a little bit too camp. It had played it, let's face it, like a camp Russell brand. Yeah, it probably, actually, yeah you're probably right there. I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't it's, think there's a bad bit of casting, in it?
2: No, no, I think, I, I, I think it's insanely well cast, actually. Yeah, um, just trying to think, um... Yeah, I mean, Imogen Poot's good, I Marzan's good, Martin Comston's good, Um yeah, yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Mm. Jamie Bell's good in it, you know, Jim Broadbent works well at what he does in it, Um
2: Yeah, I mean, considering how Odd that sounds like that is in the book where it's like a tapeworm having an inner dialogue with him. I thought that yeah. that was really well done, and the way that every time it went back to him, his makeup was a bit crazier and his voice was a bit crazier. <laughs> yeah, and like the air like the, the the kind of the heightened doctor's room around him, it was like getting mouldy or whatever. I, I I that was very 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 well done.
0: Mm, I didn't see quite as much of Kate Dickie naked as I did to be honest.
2: Yeah, that was a surprise, but good on her, you know. For yeah. For say,
0: for saying yes to for, that, for giving us all that.
2: Yeah, I mean she's she's
0: all right as Kate Dickie. She I mean, she she yeah, she's she's yeah she's she's quite amusing in it. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean considering how bad she is in Prometheus, she's
0: oh, um, she was John.
2: brutal in Prometheus. Oh, but.
0: she is. But then again, she's dealing with with a script that like that felt like it was written in crayon. But anyway, let's not get back onto that. Yeah, one.
2: but I, 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 yeah, okay, uh, yeah, no, fair enough. Um, but yeah, okay. So I, I think that that was actually a pretty long chat about that.
0: Yeah, it, it is. Um, but I, I, I mean, it's definitely not shit for of course, me. It, yeah. it without question is one of my films of the year and I am I'm super glad that it wasn't just um just hype about it I'm, I'm I'm really I'm glad that it is actually as good as a lot of the critics and a lot of the reviews and the press that it's got it will play like death in America but fuck it I I I I think it's an incredible film And I know it'll never happen, but it'd be great if McAvoy could get some attention during awards season, even if it is just a BAFTA.
2: I reckon the Biffers, the uh, British Independent Film Awards, I think he might get some in. I think he might.
0: But um, in terms of of leading man performances from this year, I think that's probably the best I've seen, without question.
2: Yeah, I can't think of any that are really...
0: More for the, the broken moments than anything else.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd maybe say, like, Ethan Hawking before Midnight, but it's more him and, uh, uh, Julie Delpy as a kind of a combo, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, even if you're thinking Place Beyond the Pines, I mean, like, they, they, they're all great, but they're all a kind of a part of a whole. Yeah. You
0: know, um, uh, you, you could say Gosling's incredible in that, but, he's only in it for the first portion of the film if you yeah. passed all in. you know you could quite easily say supporting performance but you couldn't call that a lead performance despite the fact that he is the lead for that portion of the film mm-hmm.
2: uh, yeah absolutely but uh, anyway right so uh, that was it for Filth and uh, yeah enjoyed it um, very much hope. Uh, so so Shall we maybe structure it like uh this? Shall we do the first part of the nightmare uh, oh, yeah. night marathon on Elm Street um, now?
0: Yeah, I, I I could do that, and then and then do one one new, then do the next one. Yeah, that's yeah. good thinking.
2: Okay, right. nice one. So um, we'll, yeah, we'll break them up a bit. So we'll um, we'll have a couple of promos, and then we'll get into the start of our night marathon on Elm Street. Damn right.
0: Just yeah. really it's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm no, just, just getting confirmation. It's it's That's the third time, though. I mean, I must, is this on? You can find us at
2: chinstroker versus So come and share the victory. If you could f-, f any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer
0: is Lance Henriksen. Oh.
2: He, he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep, keep a secret. Yo, are you looking for a podcast that breaks movies down like you couldn't believe? I mean, takes them apart piece by piece and analyzes every little thing. Getting you the most out of every
0: movie that you ever could. Well, look no further than The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. With Samurai and Big Willie. These fuckers know how to review movies. Or my name ain't the head.
1: You can find the gentleman at GGTMC.com. Get off my back! I love the smell
0: of napalm in the morning.
1: The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet. But something is coming to get them.
0: There's something out there, isn't there?
1: You just see cuts happening. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. Peter! There's the coroner I've got to say? He's in the gel and puking since he saw it.
0: You're gonna kill me for
1: sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy? something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah! Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. No! Stop! She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Ah! No one will survive. Craven, director of The Heels Have Eyes and Last House on the Left, a new masterpiece in fantasy terror, Nightmare on Elm Street.
2: Okay, so that was the trailer for uh, Wes Craven's *I Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Released the year of my birth, I believe, 1984, Um, starring uh, Robert England, Heather Langenkamp, uh, Johnny Depp, and others lynn shea um yes. uh others it's, it's
0: produced by her brother in it
2: yeah it's uh, robert shea uh who i believe has had a new line at some point and uh john saxon of course how could we uh how could we forget john saxon so it's um you know everybody knows what a nightmare on elm street is i i, I would say it's certainly everybody who um listens to uh this show and um yeah so um i'll say first off um the Blu-ray of this is really, really solid.
0: Yes, it is. Uh,
2: the video looks great. The surround track, it's like a 7.1 tr- surround track. I watched it in 5.1. There's an awful lot of fun stuff going on with the surrounds throughout, and I was very, very impressed. But, uh, so I just wanted to get that out of the way on a technical thing. But, uh, Mark, so when was the, when was the last time you watched Time Around Street?
0: Uh, earlier this year, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I watched it uh, quite a lot. Um, like Elm Street, it's it's one of my. If we're gonna go on the classic sort of slasher films, it's one of my favorite of the. In yeah, it's one of my favorite. It's up there with with Halloween is my favorite of the slasher films. So I tend to watch it quite a bit, to be honest. So it was early this year. It usually gets two or three watches. So, but I, it, I say I always like watching it. And I always, I think it's because I watch it so much. It, it, I, I I remember certain bits of it. And then when I'm watching it back, I'm always surprised at the bits that my brain has kind of forgotten. So it's not a film, despite the fact that I've probably seen it 15, 20 times. It's not a film that I would say, sort of pretend to know inside out. I don't. I still forget. Kind of whole sequences for some reason. Uh, and then when I watch them, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it's this bit. I, you know, whereas a lot of it, I'm watching it going oh, and then this happens next, then this happens. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it's, it's a great film. And I think let like you get with a lot of films that become franchise films is, you know, a, a lot of the time, the first film is the standout film from the, from the series. And you know, we are going to come out of this, you know, it, it is, it, it, you know, there are, the Nightmare on Elm Street. There are some good ones in the rest of them, but this probably is still the standout film of the series. But also as well is it, it's it's easy to remember how bad some of the sequels are. And I'm sure we'll be talking about that in the in the, in the coming weeks. Um, it, it, as much as it's to remember how bad they are, it, it's easy to forget how great you know Nightmare on Elm Street actually is, and how different the character of Freddy Krueger is in this film to what he becomes as they go along. He's a genuine horror character in here. There's none of the campness that we get uh, in the later series of the films. There's not the the throwaway jokes and stuff like that. He is uh, a malevolent evil that is there.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, I... um it's been a, a couple of years since I've uh, watched the original Nightmare on Elm Street, um, at, at least two or three, and yeah, I I, I I don't think it's a five out of five masterpiece in the way that like Texas Chainsaw uh, would be or like Evil Dead Two maybe. Um, I, I I think there there are bits that do. Sl- yeah, slightly take away from it. Uh, have a Langham Um but we'll we'll yes. we'll we'll get to it, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's the 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 kind of the world building of it is terrific. You know, I mean, like right from that first scene where it's weird and it's kind of boxed in, so it doesn't take up all of the frame, and it's mm. it, it's almost like you're a peeping tom on on Kruger, pu- kind of putting his shit together um and, and i mean the the first the first scene i mean the, the, the amazing the fucking amazing main theme by by charles bernstein um,
0: that's a great soundtrack yeah,
2: yeah like just like the, those those few notes and the kind of the general kind of soundscape that he um, he, he has going on there is is really wonderfully done and i mean the you know, just hearing the the sounds—you don't know what they are at first. Of him, um, they're kind of like, kind of like him scraping mm-hmm. his um, his uh, his uh, claws on along the pipes or whatever. Uh, it, and I mean, also the weird kind of dream stuff as well. So, like in in one of the dreams, I, I think it might be the first dream or one one of the first ones—the goat, the the, the 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 goat and the the bleating—and then you kind of hear that in the soundtrack as well like it kind of like synthesized goat noises you know it's it's great stuff and it's it's low budget filmmaking which uses what it has got really really well and i mean just in in terms of some of the imagery in it as well i mean the the, when nancy falls asleep in uh in her schoolroom and she's woken up and there's just like tina in the body bag
0: yeah yeah it's incredibly creepy it's, it, it's such a well, a well thought out and, um, I, I think the best way to it, go, it, it, it's very original. There's so much going on. It's obvious that at the time Craven just seemed to have tapped into something and be very, you know, he, he knew he had, a, you know, he had a lot of ideas kind of flowing out of him of, we'll put that there and we'll do this and how about if we do this and, you know, there's a great scene where Freddie comes out of the wall um behind yeah, 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 yeah. Um, had a land camp sleeping. Um and I remember uh, started hearing a thing where um uh, you know, West Craven was saying, you know, that, that he had this idea and he'd said to the he'd said to the um the, the uh, tech guy you know, I wanna I wanna do this. Uh I don't know how, how what you know how to do it and everything like that. And they went, It's easy. All we need is a few bits of wood um and this certain fabric. It'll push out and it'll fall straight back, and we'll just get that and we'll dye it black. He's like, "That's it. That's easy." Went, "Yeah, it's it's, it's that easy." And I remember reading the thing that Craven said that when they did it in the remake, it was all CG.
2: Yeah, and it looks like shit.
0: He said, and you know, and it looked like shit. He said, whereas ours was was actually Robert England pushing himself into that, and then it it folded back. And that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be him almost coming out of the wall. So why, when we did it for under a dollar, why they spend however many thousands of dollars and however many, you know, hundreds of man hours to achieve something like that. And it's just that ingenuity and that on the flags. I mean, this was a, you know, this was a relatively low budget film. It's like 1.8 million
2: dollars. $8
0: yeah. yeah, which, you know, is, is nothing for, for what they did and for the amount of effects that were there. And not only for the amount of effects that were there, how good the effects looked as well. Because sure. you can throw a load of effects at a low budget horror film, and God knows a lot of them have. But to actually make them look this good and this polished, and not that dated as well. You know, it, it works so well, and it just shows how much of a, how much went into this film.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's—I mean, the the thing is with the makeup effects as well is that even if sometimes they look old, the sheer what they're trying to actually show you—if that stuff's creepy, it will still have an impact. You know, like I mean, the um, the bit where kind of Freddy takes his um, face off and it's just like the skull. You know, yeah, it's a, a really arresting image, and I mean, going back to the the body bag bit, the bit where it like it's picked up by an unseen force and then dragged away, and it's just leaving the smear of blood. You know, I, it's I, I, I mean that that is fantastic, and I mean the um, I mean John, I mean the, the thing about the Johnny Depp kill, which is brilliant as well, is the fact that the mother is actually witnessing it. Mm. You, you know, and I mean it it must be one of the only Nightmare on Elm Street kills where the parent. Actually, sees
0: it. Yeah, you know, and, and it, it, there's a confusion there of what's going yeah, on. Yeah. Why, is, why is all this blood just spraying out of the bed? Uh, it, it's it, it's a very it's, it's a very cool sequence, but also it's a very well done sequence. And it's so simple. It's the simplicity of of, of these ideas that works so well.
2: Yeah, no, I was, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, like the um, "I'm your boyfriend now," which is probably like the only punny thing that he actually does in the entire thing. But it's it's kind of jokey, but it's Freddy's he, sense of humor, which isn't really that funny. It's just creepy. Whereas later on, I mean, like "Welcome to Prime Time, Bitch," which obviously we'll talk about next week. But that's like the turning point.
0: Yes, yeah, without question, that you know, like, see, we'll talk about next week. But that, but this is still when Freddy was. He hadn't developed that what everybody will call campness, which I fucking hate that word when associated with this kind of thing. Uh, it hadn't developed into that porky fun character. He, he, you know, he was still supposed to be quite scary. Yeah, yeah, no,
2: absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and he genuinely is. Mm. You know, I mean maybe not when at the end when he's on fire and he suddenly looks like he's gained 50
0: pounds. Yeah, I did say to to Becky. The amazing thing about Freddy Krueger is how much weight he gains when he's on fire. It's that is hilarious. It, it's hilariously bad, isn't it? Uh, I
2: I mean like you know the, the the blow up doll at the end is is cited often and you know which is fair enough but it just—he is so. That guy is so much larger than Robert England. Like, because I, I mean, like we'll we'll get to part two. But I was watching that today, and like when he's kind of like leaping around all over the place, and like he's on the floor trying to get the girl in that one, and he's really, really thin. And mm-hmm. it just took me back to uh, when I watched this on Thursday night, and just how fucking fat he is. It's yeah. it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant, yeah. or just like how padded that guy is. I think maybe the guy's just padded. But um, yeah,
0: I think I think it is just just a padding to you know. Better health and safety things probably,
2: yeah, yeah, um but I mean I also oh and i i I will say as well the what I like about this one is some, it, some of the build up as well, I mean like the before the him stretching through the wall sequence, like the fact that 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 Christ symbol is just knocked off the wall, mm. and it like knocks off and then she goes back to sleep, and it's almost like Freddie's doing that to a, like. To allow himself to actually be able to bend through the wall. The wall, yeah. I, that. It, it, sorry, go on.
0: It seems too pointed to to just be to to not being that kind of message.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, I, I. That that is a wonderful idea. Um, but yeah, I mean the whole taking the power away from Freddy and that's how they defeat him thing.
0: Um, a little bit lame. It's a bit limp. Yeah, the, just... the ending. The ending's a little bit like um, we couldn't really think of an ending, mm. or we couldn't afford a big. Well, I <laughs> a mean, big they... blowout. But look at the ending. You know, the the, the building that is, is imp- quite big.
2: Yeah, it is quite impressively staged. Just like the amount of shit that's on fire.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I always forget about the about you know when he, it, she's making all the booby traps. I always forget about the booby traps.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that again is a little bit, like when he, what, he, he runs out of her room and then he gets clunked on their head. It, it, that's <laughs> a little, that's yeah. a little lame as well. Um, yeah. I, it's just moments like that that kind of take me out of it. And, and also, Heather Langenkamp is a bad actress yeah, and yeah. that's all there is to it. But she, in,
0: in future ones, she's not as bad, but in this one, She's she's pretty terrible.
2: Yeah, I, it's she. I she just doesn't really sell the terror to me. She just kind of seems like a girl who's play
0: acting. Um, her, her line delivery at points where she has to get a little bit kind of emotional or angry or anything like that is just it, it is a little bit like oh god. Yeah,
2: her, oh. her kind of talking to her mum.
0: Yeah. it's yeah. kind of in the kitchen. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it that's kinda of brutal at times. Um I will say though, I also I like the the sous son of the parents' responsibility, the fact that like the mother becomes an alcoholic through the film.
0: Yeah. he's like she's perfectly fine and then all of a sudden she's a raging alcoholic. Not just like uh she's just started drinking, like she's been an alcoholic for some amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um and the dad you know they're, they're clearly separated, and the dad isn't around as much as he probably should be, but he knows that she's an alcoholic,
2: yeah
0: yeah kind it, of, there's something else there, but i
2: mean like i I like i mean' we'll, we'll, i'll try I'll try and remember to get to it with part two, but um, I like the fact that it actually gives justification for why she can't get out or why people can't get in. Like mm-hmm. the fact that the mother places the bars on the window, which makes sense from a plot point of view, the because uh, she doesn't want Nancy getting out. The fact that you know she locks the door and she's pissed and you know she's just like done away with the key
0: and whatnot. That, that's a great scene where she's like, "Let me out!" She's like, "Make up!" Like, I don't have the key. Yeah, <laughs> she's, yeah. Like, like, she's just waving and she's like, "I don't have the key."
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and like she's just passed out on the sofa. And whatever. I mean, it's. Yeah, you know, Ronnie Blakely puts in a good drunk mother performance. In, you know, as as much as there is, but I mean, it just it it works for most of the runtime. It works very very well, I think.
0: Yeah, it, it does. There's, there's a great amount earlier as well. I think after that, when Eva Langen comes putting her mum to bed, and she's literally hugging the bottle of vodka. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, no, like that, that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's. But I mean, I like I like that kind of. It, it doesn't have to be stated; it's just there that the mother she's hiding some shit, mm. and she's not coping with it very well. But she never really like breaks down and confesses or anything like that. It's just kind of it's left there. And I mean, obviously, John Saxon comes back in part three, and he's got his guilt there. You know, so I'm I'm glad they follow that up there. But I don't know. I, I don't have uh, too much more to say about this one. I mean, it, it looks good. Yeah. Uh, it sounds good. Um, I mean, Johnny Depp's good. I think Amanda Weiss as Tina is is good while she's think, on.
0: Yeah, I think Johnny Depp gets get, gets a lot of shit for this film, um, and it's one of those where when people are giving him shit for it, I, I always kind of feel like saying, "Have you seen it?" And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, like, no, have you actually have you actually seen the film? You know, as an adult not just as a 13, 14-year-old kid at a sleepover. Yeah. You know, yes, he's not fucking... it's he, he, not his greatest ever role, or his most underrated role, or anything like that. But he's not actually that bad in it, really. You know, he's... He's better than a lot of other people have been in that particular role. Yeah,
2: totally. Totally. You know,
0: he, 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 he stands out more than the generic boyfriend.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, he does make an impression and not just because it's Johnny Depp.
0: Mm. But in saying that, um, you know, the past couple of times I've watched um, Platoon, it stood out to me more how much he's actually in it. You know, he's always, again, said that he's just in it as a fleeting glance. And the more you watch it, the more you start to go, he's in it a lot, actually. You know, not he's not a kind of like main character, but he's in it a fair amount. And it was those two roles... That he did before Scissorhands, you know, sort of five six years later. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's um, yeah, no, I I I think he's fine, and I think the fact that he goes to bat for it is is pretty commendable. I mean, like you look at Kevin Bacon, who is uh, not quite the actor that Johnny Depp is. I I, I think it's it's fair to say, and mm-hmm. I mean, like he just completely disregards Friday the Thirteenth, and he just wants to forget about it, and you know I mean I suppose it, it just it is what it is and I mean like the, the thing is I mean *Night on Elm Street is actually quite a commendable one of these types of films to actually be in I think
0: oh yeah I, mean, I don't think there's any shame in it. and you know I'm trying to like you say he's you know he's perfectly fine with it it's not something it's something that people try and embarrass him with and they don't think they do anymore because he's very much like well no it was you know it's my first film that I made you know and I'm, I'm immensely grateful for Wes for, you know, casting me in the film, and, you know, it's a fun film, and I'm glad that people still enjoy it. And it, it's like, you know, fucking good on you. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. You know,
0: not, you're not going to shit all over it just because it's your first film, and because other people... I think that's that's the thing, is, I, I think other people would just like to poke him, because it's like, oh, look, look how young you were, look how young you look, look how young you look. It's like, yes. Do you know why I look young in that? Because I was really young. Yeah. It, it, it's that whole thing of I still don't get it why people like to poke fun and like to prod at actors and go, look what you look like here. Look what you look like. Look what you look like. It's like I, I know. I was there. I, I, was, I was there for all of that year of my life, <laughs> actually, funnily enough. And do you know what? Remember it all better than you because I was there. Yeah. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, sorry, I'll just agree.
0: Um, hmm. And I, I, I think with that, we're probably done, eh? Yeah, I've done on that one. Yeah. Um, still, uh, without question, definitely not shit. Oh, okay. um, it, it, just, it's, it still entertains me, uh, even though I've watched it dozens of times.
2: Nice. Um, so, OK, let's uh, get on to some One Old and One New. I'm
0: actually going to go and take a Yep, yeah, yeah, me too. Also, uh, the last thing I want say about Memory Elm Street is, my cats are called Freddie and Nancy after Freddie and Nancy. Very nice. I know.
2: Please remind me to unpause. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Unpaused. Okay, Mark, so uh, let's get into one old one new, uh, assuming you're ready.
0: I am am ready to get balls deep in this motherfucker.
2: Let's do this shit. Go on, bud. Start us off.
0: I'm going to start you off with my my one new. Uh, I think you might have seen this. Um, My one uh, new is the Steve Jobs biopic, Jobs.
2: Oh my, have I seen Jobs.
0: Um, Now, Jobs is, I I say, it's the um, Steve Jobs biopic, kind of. uh, It's more of a a biopic of his uh, relationship with Apple, kind of, uh, uh, in the case of uh, that's what it deals with more. Rather than his actual life, it's his relationship with how the company Apple started and how Jobs featured within the company. Um, it's um, who is it that does it? It's actually isn't it actually actually originally just done for TV, I think, but they've actually released it um, in actual cinemas. Um, stars Ashton Kutcher um, seems to have only been made because they realised that Ashton Kutcher looks a little bit like a young. Steve Jobs um, and stars Josh Gard as Steve Bosnia, Um you've also got Dermot Mo uh, Rooney in there Lucas Haas J.K. Simmons uh, uh, James Woods and a whole, whole and up, the up, worst
2: up. actor ever as Jonathan Ive which one is he um, he's the Brit who went on to actually kind of create the iPod oh, the yeah yeah
0: they, he's, iPod. He's, he's just terrible that actor, seriously,
2: yeah. that might be one of the worst performances I've ever seen in anything ever.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, am gonna guess a, 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 in a second when I ask you for your opinion of this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of guess at what it's gonna be. Um, uh. my, I was actually quite sort of looking forward, I suppose, to jobs because of the one thing I like biopics. Uh, I like seeing, um, sort of a story told uh, that gives me an insight into an actual sort of person and might give me a little bit more knowledge about this person show me different parts of their lives. Um, And Jobs does none of that at all. Um, It gives you exactly what you already know. Um, It feels like Matt Lightley, uh, who wrote it, just went on Wikipedia and skimmed, not even read, skimmed steve jobs wikipedia page and went fuck it yeah i can write a film about that yeah and then just wrote it um and then went right um oh holy fuck have you seen ashton kutcher looks like steve jobs when he was young that's weird let's cast him as steve jobs in a film and to be fair ashton kutcher is the least of this film's problems sure not actually that, that bad. No, bad. It's not. he's actually, you know, he's quite good, and he seems like he's really both him and, and Josh Gad. who uh, was actually pretty good as Steve Wozniak as well. He gets the the mannerisms down um, quite well. Uh, if you've seen sort of interviews with Steve Wozniak, he, he, he seems to have, have got that down. Um, and they're not too bad. Their little back and forth is quite good, but the 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 script. Yeah, like I say, it covers so little, and just it's all very broad brushstrokes. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe, maybe you should go down there. Nah, fuck that shit. Um, and oh, so he actually got, you know, he actually left Apple at one point, which everybody knew. But if you didn't, it's like, oh, what did he do? I oh, farmed another software company, but he, but he went back to Apple. That's the main bit. But, but what did he do in all those years? That, yeah. or what was it, decade that yeah. he wasn't with Apple? Oh, I don't know. Something. He formed a software company or some shit. Anyway, let's get back to when he went back to Apple. And it goes that. And it goes, and it goes back to that. And it, it's just, I then every so often, it kind of reminds you that Steve Jobs was a bit of a bastard. And, and he, never
2: ever does anything with it.
0: Yeah, and but never goes anywhere with it it's it is such a missed opportunity and it just smacks so much of a a cash in on a man's death film mm. and a such a how is the nastiest way I can say this about the di- about the director a director who when he probably, he's probably had the first, he probably had the first iPhone and has probably, he probably never says, if he loses his phone um, oh have anyone seen, wouldn't say it was Mrs, obviously my phone, he'd say, oh have you seen my Apple iPod, iPhone 5 he'd say something like that and if you said if you, if you mentioned about a computer he'd go, yeah well, um, my Mac and he'd be that guy but has no interest in anything other than being the first guy to make a job file pick. Not a good one, just the first one. And as well, trying to... filth one thing that Phil did wonderfully, Phil we talked about a few minutes ago, was it integrated a soundtrack and it integra- integrated a score very well. And it had a soundtrack where it dropped in songs That all had a familiar kind of theme, and if you were to go out and buy that soundtrack, you'd probably like all of the tracks because they're all. If you like one of them, it's all a similar type of music. Now, what Joshua Michael Stern is trying to do here, it would seem, is to pick out music from you know the time that he's depicting, but as thought, oh yeah, this song fits it, and it doesn't, and it is one of the most intrusive soundtracks I have heard in the film in a long time and um, seriously for anybody out there, if you're thinking about watching the film Jobs don't, please instead watch the brilliant BBC documentary, which again doesn't go into anywhere near enough detail, but goes into so much more detail than this in 45 minutes, uh, which I think is called Jobs um, the Billion Dollar Hippie or something like that but anyway, that's a brilliant documentary, which is such a better hour of your time than essentially watching an over two hour biopic that will tell you nothing about Steve Jobs. At all.
2: Yeah, it's, 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 it's it, bobbins. I, it's I,
0: absolute bobbins, yeah. I
2: can't say I hated it. I, I can't I say you hated
0: it. I didn't hate it because, because I think Kutcher and Gad were so on board, and they'd obviously done a little bit of their research, um, probably a lot more than anybody else on the film. And at points, I felt a little bit sorry for them, thinking, you know, they're they're both quite good in this. I wish that it was directed by somebody competent and written by somebody, you know, who can actually write a film.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I mean, I was just looking at my.
0: Outrish.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, put, I'm looking at my letterboxed now, uh, rather incompetently handled by a pick with Kuch to doing his best, but woeful writing and montages which verge into paro- parody. Certainly very funny, but obviously not intended. There's there's this, there's a montage earlier on in the film where they take acid or something. Oh,
0: it's awful.
2: And then it's it's them looking in the clouds, looking like. Yeah blissful, and then him running around in a field and spinning around, yeah, while it, this it, operatic music plays.
0: Yeah, and you, I, I was watching something, I had, why am I watching this? This movie's over two hours long, why is this bit in it?
2: Yeah, and it's it's a good three or four minutes, that section. And it, it does that, but then it also does moments where he's an abs- uh, absolute cunt to his girlfriend. Like mm. that bit where he... Uh, where she says she's pregnant and he's just like it's not my problem you deal with it you yeah. know? and then it just it's barely ever referenced again it, yeah. it, it just alright you're doing a biopic of Steve Jobs uh, but, but like it, it's weird how it wants to be some sort of piece about the messianic Steve Jobs and like the, the, the speeches he gives where like it's like the stirring music and everyone's looking really into it that kind of stuff coupled with occasional moments where he's a dickhead. And it's mm. almost like they're just like, it's so the director can say, well, it's not a puff piece on Steve Jobs because you've got this bit and this bit. But they don't... They, no. There's no cohesion to the narrative at
0: all. No, they don't... They don't, they don't explore any deeper than... Showing you happened. It. Yeah, this happened. And this happened. And this happened. There's nothing... More than that. And also, also, oh, sorry, go on. They they have the arrogance to essentially make a two hour film and and not include anything after 2001. Mm. And it's kind of like they're saying, oh, well, it's before the iPod, you know, it's before all that happened. It's like, fuck off. If you're going to make a Steve Jobs biopic, at least fucking do it properly. At least start at he drops out of college and finish at a logical point. The logical point isn't him demoing the iPod in front of everybody. It's like, oh my God, there's, there's so much more to that guy after that. It's like, that wasn't his zenith. That wasn't what it is. And you've not even, you know, I don't know that much about Steve Jobs. I take a big interest in him because, you know, he's a very important person of our time, you know, no matter what it is. And I'm I'm not, and you'll you'll have people who don't like Apple and they'll say, oh, no, he's not. He is, no matter what you say. Steve Jobs was a brilliant, innovative mind of our time. But it doesn't want to explore that at all. It wants to explore it didn't want to explore anything. It wants to show you the fact that he was a bit of a control freak and he could have a bit of a nasty side. And it's just... It's so... It's a little bit pathetic at points How how bad it is and how they had some quite good stuff at their disposal and they did nothing with it.
2: Yeah, it's... Yeah, no, absolutely. It's really very, it is p- very, very poor, but Kuchter does do his best, I think. I don't think he embarrasses himself here at
0: all. Oh, no, 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 oh, I, I, I think he can be, he can be quite proud, but a little bit disappointed that this was the,
2: the film, film that he got.
0: This was the film that he got. Had he, had he picked out, let's, let's say, let's say, Fincher and Sorkin decided, yeah. Well, Sorkin is
2: writing a, a jobs oh. biopic.
0: Yeah, I mean, let, let's say that he does go to Fincher and says, right, we did solo well with social network, what do you reckon about doing the Steve Jobs one? And Fincher went, yeah, fuck it, why not, let's do it. Right? The, the, the sad thing is now, is this will be the template of not, of what not to do. And I don't think Kutcher would have been a bad choice he's not actually a bad actor mm. would have been a bad choice to have been in a better a more talented production of this film yeah but now that's it he's not going to be he's going to be something else yeah no absolutely
2: it just yeah it's it, 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 it is bobbins and I mean that that's the thing it's like I can't hate it but it is bobbins of the most bobbinsy kind
0: yeah it, it, it's made money and, and, and I'm amazed it's made money
2: well, it must have been fairly low low budget I can't imagine it had to take that much 12, to 12,
0: 12 million it's gross over 35 uh, in the US
2: did it wow did
0: it really yeah
2: I know it's gross as of the 27th of September according to IMDB 16 million uh,
0: I've got gross on I think it's Box Boxers Mojo I saw it on Oh, uh, thirty-five. Shit. Let's have a look. To check that shit out. Because
2: I remember this not doing very well. And thirty-six million sounds like quite well. Uh, worldwide,
0: Life-time worldwide, gross. World, sorry, worldwide, thirty-five million. Domestic gross, sixteen million. Wow, yeah.
2: fucking hell
0: worldwide thirty five. So we, thirty-five. So it's tripled does, the
2: budget. It's made. Oh god, it made five million in Russia
0: alone. Russia is becoming a big market.
2: Yeah, now. it is, isn't it? It made two million in France. It made one point four million in Australia. Fair enough. It
0: hadn't even been released over there yet. No, no. It's crazy. But anyway, yeah, fair uh, enough. It's it's bad. It's it's not great. No, it's not. It sucks.
2: But it made money, so there you go. Mm.
0: Um, right. Do you want to hit us with your one old or one new ski?
2: Yeah, go on then. Um so I'll go quick with this. I, I well this one anyway. Uh my one old, uh only film I rewatched this week apart from Nightmare and Nightmare Two. Uh bum uh, Brothers Raising Arizona. Oh! Uh, <laughs> yeah, so um I'd, yeah, fair enough. I I'd say that's about right. Um which, you know, yeah. is fantastic. It's basically a cartoon. Yeah. And is wonderful for it. Um but it does have enough emotional heft to actually connect. I think the last, like, um, Hai's Hi- uh, last monologue is lovely. Mm. Uh, it, you know, and kind of touching and kind of heartbreaking because you do kind of think that's probably not going to happen. Um, but you got that mixed with John Goodman. Screaming as he escapes the prison and kind of like comes out out of the mud and then pulls the <laughs> other guy out by his leg. I mean, that is wonderful. <laughs> uh, the, the, I mean, the huggy sequence is incredible. It's just like the camera work. It's just so zooming around all over the place and, and barely ever stopping and it's, it's wonderful. But you've got Cohen's characters here as well. I mean, his boss who suggests the wife swap. Yeah. Um, it is a total Cohen's character. Um I I mean it, it is Nicolas Cage kind of at his slightly manic best. I mean this and wild at heart. It was a good couple of years for Cage. Um mm. I don't have a lot to say about it really. I mean it's I for me personally. I personally it's a five out of five, but I it's not in my top, top, top tier Cohen Brothers films. Just because it doesn't leave as much of an impression with me, it's just while it's on, it's fucking amazing.
0: It's my favourite Coen Brothers film.
2: Okay, that's that's completely fair enough.
0: It, it, it's my favourite, um, and it's it, it's the first Coen Brothers film I ever saw as well. Um, I, I I don't know. I it, 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 I think part of it is is the cause I I had this on video on BHS. And of course, I think like we said a few weeks ago, the thing that I mean about when we grew up, um, was, let's say you had a sick day off school, uh, and you couldn't go out, and you couldn't be able to just sit there and play on a computer, you had to kind of basically just lay down and watch a film or something, and you only had, you know, nowadays you've got Netflix and all these things and people have a wide sort of film collection. You know, I like the early 90s where videos had just become available to buy kind of domestically so you only had like a handful of, of VHS's and this was one of them that I had so I watched it a lot as a kid so I know this film you know very well and it's it still stuck with me ever, ever since you know I, I still watch it you know once every couple of years um, and still love it I don't watch it anywhere near as much as I watch uh, Big Lebowski yeah. for instance but You know, guns in my head, had to pick a favourite between, and I think still Raising Arizona would still probably just about come out ahead of Big Lebowski, and I adore Big Lebowski, but just because I think I have nostalgic memories of this film, so I think that's probably more of a reason why.
2: Yeah, I I think that's fair. I mean, to be honest, this is only the second time I've watched Raising Arizona um so it, it was one i've been meaning to kind of get back to for fucking ages frankly and I, i'm you know i'm glad i did i mean i really liked it first time round, but it just um you know i am trying to go back through the cohen's films before inside lewin davis at least some of the ones i haven't seen as much you know um and yeah i mean it, it just it holds up very 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 well um and I don't know, it, in terms of being an impending dad, it, um, all the kind of baby stuff kind of got me as well, frankly. I'm looking forward to having those interactions with a baby that doesn't really know what the fuck's going on and I'm just doing stupid faces at it. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. That's about all oh. I have to say, really. Cool. Uh, so, uh, let's get to your one old, Mark.
0: Uh, my one old was a film that, um, I, I watched it on Netflix UK. Uh, it's a horror film. Um, I'm trying to do. Uh, I'm doing like trying to do a version of 31 Days of Horror where I'm going to try and watch at least 31 horror films this month. Um, I'm up to what's a six day of the month, and I'm up to nine so far. So I have a few kind of in the bag. Uh, but I, I I've only seen this film once, and I saw it at the cinema. And I all but forgotten I'd seen it until I saw the, the tile cup on Netflix and saw the, the write-up on it and thought, oh, I saw that at the cinema and I saw it at the cinema at about half eleven at night when I'd gone to see something else come out of that and thought, uh, and I think, I think Becky was supposed to be picking me up from the cinema um, but obviously falling asleep, I'd forgotten or something, and I couldn't get on the mobile, so I thought, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to see if there's anything else on. And there was this film starting, and it's um, David Toys Below. I watched this on Netflix. I something. did notice that you'd watched it on Netflix, actually, yeah. Um, the film uh, it's is uh, set in World War II, uh, aboard a uh, Tiger Shark submarine, um, you've got. He's captained by Bruce Greenwood. You've also got uh, Holt McCarney on there, uh, and Matthew Davis, um Jason Fleming, Zach Galifianakis as well. Uh, and they are before they dive down to submerge. They uh, see some people, some people uh, in distress in a lifeboat uh, that turns out to be Dexter Fletcher, Olivia Williams, and a, another mysterious person. So they quickly grab those, take them on board before they have to descend into the icy depths because they see a German um, battleship heading towards them. Um, They go down into the... They're down, they're sunk down, everything like that. Um, And then weird shit starts happening and... You get the feeling that, uh, Bruce Greenwood's character Lieutenant Bryce and Holt McCartney uh, are keeping secrets, but all is not what it's, not what it seems. Mm. Um, submarines are a great place to set films like this are because there's there's already a claustrophobic nature to them. There's a certain amount of tension that goes with that. Uh, there always is for me because of two things. One, mildly claustrophobic, you know, don't freak out in elevators like that but wouldn't like to go on a submarine ever in my life. Um, Couple by two, the sea terrifies me in all ways at all. I will never go on a boat, can't stand them, uh, and submarines are boats that go in the sea under it. (laughs) So, again, that's like a fucking triple threat of terror for me. Don't like them, can't even look at them, freak me out completely. So this is fucking terrifying to me. Not too bad when they're showing it from the inside, uh, but when they show it from the outside, that's a horror film for me. And uh, they aren't even the horror film element bits of it. Um, I like seeing Holt McCartney in anything, because I just think he's a great screen presence. And he's brilliant in this. There's a bit, there's a scene, a good kind of like 10-15 minute scene where for no reason, he's just in a towel. Right. And he's quite a big guy. And it's quite funny seeing this quite big guy in this quite small space just wearing a towel for no reason. Um also weird seeing Zach Galifianakis before he became the Zach Galifianakis we know now. Sure. Yeah. You know, before essentially he became Alan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the hangover films. Um But yet um I don't think it's too much waste. I don't think it's a film many people have seen. Uh but it is it's a really good, really tense horror films set during a war. Um, there's enough kind of freaky jump scares, there's enough total shit goes wrong, there's enough kind of people covering stuff up to keep it going for a solid, you know hour and forty five minutes. Uh it's a, a hearty recommend. Like I say it's on Netflix um, UK and I think you'd you know a lot of people you'd go a lot worse than spending an hour and 45 minutes watching this during this month of horror that a lot of people seem to be, be doing.
2: Absolutely, man. Yeah, no, I'd go with that. It's, um, it, it's fun. It's definitely got its moments. The setting really, really works for it. It's, um, yeah, man. Yeah, I, 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 I don't have too much more to say about that, but
0: I'm, I'm definitely there with you. Mm, it's, it, it's, 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 I did watch it and think, you know what, I, I, I am gonna have to track this down and make some Blu-ray and get this because I can see myself watching it an awful lot more because I don't I, I, I watched it last time I watched it, I was very tired, it was like say it was like half eleven at night and I kind of came out of it and was like, well, that's alright. But that was like eleven years ago. So yeah. And it it it's all disappeared, and I'd completely forgotten I'd even seen it until then. Um and I have no idea what else I was watching when it came out. It's nice. 2002 could be anything.
2: Remember, damn
0: it. I'll try and remember.
2: Okie dokie. Uh, uh, shall I move on? Or yes, you... you
0: can move on. Okay,
2: I thought you were remembering. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll get to uh, my one new, uh, which is uh, a, a film that uh, did, did quite well at Sundance and uh, came out a few weeks back. Um, David Lowry's Ain't Them Bodies Saints.
0: Oh, I've not seen this. but very much looking
2: forward Yes, um, so it's the film that everyone wants to call Malikian, and, uh, yeah. uh and, um, I think is the one that prompted jo- Jordan to write uh, a piece for Verite about, or the, like the Verite blog, I think, about how that phrase should be retired. And I can get, I can certainly get that, because the thing about Ain't Embody Saints, sorry, I the mean, uh, story is, um Rinny Mara and Casey Affleck are lovers, uh, Casey Affleck's like a a bank robber or something, they're holed up somewhere and, uh, they're basically caught and, uh, uh, she, like, they basically hide the fact that she kind of had any real involvement, so she's let go, he's imprisoned, she, uh, she's pregnant and, uh, he vows to basically break out and come back to, uh, her and their daughter, um... Fast forward years later, he escapes from prison and uh, Rooney Mara and also are protected by Ben Foster playing the uh, local sheriff and uh, they take a bit of a liking to each other. So yeah, Malikian. It's kind of Malikian because yes, at least the, the the first two minutes has a bit of a Badlands vibe to it. Kind of. And it looks very nice. Aside from that, it's not really all that Malikian, because it's surprisingly, and I think maybe only surprisingly because of the term Malikian being bandied around so much, it's actually quite concentrating on its narrative. Uh, it's not, it's not really all that lyrical. Uh, it's not telling its story or conjuring its world through the visuals as much as Malik does. And instead, it's, it's a pretty simple story, which is well done by the fact that it looks so good it sounds so good and the performances are solid i, I mean I, I very very much like Ain't and body saints um it's like i mean like i say the narrative is simple and if there is a detraction from the film it's that it is very very simple there's you know, what happens kind of happens and nothing really surprises you all that much. But there is a joy in living in this world for 95 minutes. And I mean, that's a key thing as well. If it was much longer, I probably wouldn't have been as kind to it. And it's interesting that when the Weinstein Company picked it up, Harvey Weinstein suggested cuts to David Lowry, that apparently he didn't have to do. But David Lowry actually listened and cut the film and made a tighter edit. And, you know, so everyone says about Harvey Scissorhands and all that and how he ruins films. I think certainly for foreign language films, his his reputation is somewhat justified for that. But I think sometimes, you know, if filmmakers work with him, then it looks like they actually do quite well
0: out of it. Yeah, um, he, he's not quite as bad as people would like to think he is sometimes.
2: Yeah, quite. And especially not these days, even though, I mean, like... I mean, it doesn't help that he he's kind of insisted on cut, cutting the Grandmaster and Snowpiercer this year, you know. So it's two fairly high-profile ones in a year, along with Ain't Them Body Saints. But um, yeah, I, it, the, the thing is, there's not too much to say about it, though. That's that that's the thing. Um, Casey Affleck is 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 very good. Rooney Mara is very good. Her relationship with her child is very well played. And her chemistry with Ben Foster is quite well done. Ben Foster, for once, is not playing a kind of a weird guy with affectations. He's just playing a nice sheriff. And that's what there is to his character. I mean, it, it, it's a film kind of about putting away childish things. And when you get responsibilities, learning that things from the past are are, are maybe not... The best thing for you. And in a way, the past kind of accepting that also, maybe. Um, it, it, I don't know. It, it, I, I, I Again, I just don't have that much to say about it. It's gorgeously shot. And I enjoyed my time with it. I mean, I gave it a four and a half out of five on Letterboxd. So that's how much I did enjoy it. It just, it's quite a simple film to watch and a simple film to very much like. It's people kind of working at the top of their game and it tells a good story, it tells it well and it gets the fuck out of Dodge.
0: Good. Um, Yeah, I'm still very much looking forward to it. By the way, I do remember the other film that I went to see. Mm. Um, Mm. Do you know what it was? Do you know what's really weird? It was Ghost Ship.
2: Ooh, that's a double bill.
0: Yeah, it was Ghost shit And I was looking at it thinking, right, when think it came out, of the, what was it? I thought, no, it wasn't well, Jackass the movie because I saw that in the afternoon. Oh, Ghost Wait a minute, it was Ghost Ship. Because Becky would not come to us see Ghost Ship with me because she said it like shit. And now she really likes it. Ghost Shit would be a film. Ghost Shit, yeah. Just just Ghost, just, just fucking, just throwing shit at people.
2: That would, I or I just like, finding a turd in the toilet and just being like, I didn't do that, did you? <laughs> yeah. No, I
0: didn't. That's that's, that's, that's a story of comedy from the 90s that didn't happen.
2: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Who the hell did that shit?
2: I didn't. <laughs> and then you he just hear like a fart.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Why did that film exist? Ah, mm. oh, fucking we need to write this gold down. Maybe we can are. clear a bit we'll of on that, can't we? you <laughs> now. Uh, shall we move on? <laughs> I think we should before we actually start doing a treatment. Oh, blimey
2: Charlie. Uh, all right, uh, here we go then. Uh, trailer for Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, and we shall continue the night marathon on Elm Street. <laughs>
0: Nightmarathon, I love that. That's a fucking mouthful to say, man, I tell you. Yeah, I could, at least I can say this one. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I won't be able to next week though when I fucking try and introduce it. And I may have <laughs> And I jog on Bat Street. Damn it! And I jog on Bat. Nice.
1: Someone is coming back to Elm Street. He is not friendly. He is not patient. Kill for of me! And he is not a welcome visitor. No! 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 But he has something terribly special for the new kid on the block. It started to happen again. <laughs> Dad! I'm in trouble!
0: You've had some scary dreams, okay? Help! he can't help you now! There's something inside him. <laughs>
1: We're not afraid of him. He doesn't even exist. Freddy Krueger is back on Elm Street. Get out of here, Lisa. Let's fight him. Watch out for him. he will be in your neighborhood soon. A Nightmare on Elm Street, part two. You are all my children now. Freddy's Revenge. <laughs>
2: Right, anyway, that was a clip from the trailer for, <laughs> fucking hell, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, 1985, uh, released about a year after Nightmare on Elm Street, directed by Jack Shoulder. Um, story this time, Mark Patton plays Jesse Walsh, a uh, rather sweaty young man who um, starts having bad dreams when his family, uh, headed up by Clue Gulliger as his father, uh move into nancy's old house he starts having a bit of a relationship with meryl street lookalike lisa played by kim myers uh befriends uh grady played by robert rusler but um finds himself getting uh basically possessed by Freddy, and the killing starts again mark what did you think of a nightmare on elm street part two Freddy's revenge
0: um it's Nightmare on Elm Street um, Part Two seems to get a little bit of shit because it's sandwiched in between what is perceived as being the two best Nightmare on Elm Street films, you know, the original and um, Dream Warriors. Uh, I've never had the issues that a lot of people uh, seem to have with it. I've always quite enjoyed um, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. Uh, I think that it's. What always kind of gets thrown at it is, oh well, yeah, well it's just Nightmare on the Street, but with a guy, and it's it's, it's not, it's no, not, it's not, it's not even like vaguely the same kind of story. It's, it's there's a different layer and a different way that um, Freddy is present in this film. You know, in the first film, he's present uh, that we talked about, you know, earlier in the show. He's present in people's dreams. Within this film, he he can be present in the real world. He doesn't have to wait for people to be in dreams because he's possessed um Matt Patton's character in in one of his dreams and he's gone you know, he's been brought back into the real world, but you know, inside a person rather than just being brought out like Nancy brings him out in the in the first film. And so he can utilise this guy to do all his his evil doings. Um and that is not the same as the first film.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, abs- absolutely. It's um, that's that's the thing that I very much like about this. Already, it's a sequel that they're tr- they are actually trying to do something different. And I mean, considering that like Wes Craven didn't want to return for this one, it's it's it, it it's interesting because I would have thought he'd appreciate the fact that they did actually do something different. I mean, you look at the other films, and yes, there there is. Mythology going on with, with Freddy, but it is, there's a bunch of kids, he stalks them in their dreams and kills them. Mm. You know, and I mean, with this one, it's going into body horror. Yeah.
0: It's it's going down, it's going down different attacks, to be honest. And it's, it's, it's not just, Is it is the complete opposite to what people confuse it as being. It's not just, um, it's not just going for a cheap copy.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And especially considering the fact that it only came out a year after the first one.
0: And it's strange that he didn't want something to do with this, but the reason why he didn't have anything to do with this was because he was making The Hills of Eyes part two. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Um,
2: Isn't that a film in which a dog has a dream sequence?
0: I think it does, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not as good a film as this either. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, I mean, I did, but I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not massive on Minor Elm Street Part 2. I, but I, 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 I am kind of fond of it just for the fact that it is trying to do things. What does take me out of it somewhat, again, is the lead performance. M- uh, Mark, whatever his name is, uh, uh, Patton. Is not very good. Um, he's a very very wet character, and not just in the ridiculous amounts of sweat he seems to wake up in every night.
0: Oh, he does sweat a lot and walk about in his in his tidy ways so yeah. quite a
2: lot. He the thing is, it's kind of weird. He's essentially the girl in the relationship between him and Lisa. Yeah, and and Lisa becomes the hero at the end of the film, which is a bit. It's a bit weird, and, and I don't, the, 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 it doesn't really work because through most of it, she's the, the girl trying to help him, and she's the second fiddle, and then suddenly she's the one who has to save Jesse from Freddy. And mm. again, the ending of it, like the first one is a bit lame, the whole kind of like, I love you Jesse kind of thing, yeah. actually being the thing that stops Freddy.
0: And then he, he, it burns alive and then just peels away at the Freddy.
2: Skin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it, I mean, I I do like the makeup effects in this film.
0: But the I, makeup I, effects are kind of great.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're, they're really solid. But I, it just that it's 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 weird that they got someone as kind of obviously lame as
0: Mark Patton. Well, he, he originally auditioned for Glenn, didn't he? In the um, first oh, one. Oh god,
2: that would have been brutal.
0: Um, and you know was. Was second choice behind Johnny Depp. Was he really? Yeah, and he, you know, it very nearly ended up being him as 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 Glenn. Um, but then he came back in audition for this, and they remembered him, really liking him from the last one, and thought, right, we'll, we'll give him a chance in this. I um, mean, he only went on to make a couple of things afterwards, and then gave up on on acting. Uh, based on the grounds that he, that it was too homophobic a a business to be in at the time.
2: Well, let's uh, let's get on to that. I suppose hmm. it is staggering that the director insists that the homoerotic fare in the film was unintended.
0: Well, look, the writer has now admitted that it was intended, hasn't he?
2: Oh, has he? Okay. Yeah,
0: David, David Chaskin at the time, um, blamed it all on Mark Patton and said that it was Mark Patton's sexuality that was coming through that made it seem, you know, sort of have that kind of effect on the film. Um, but has since said, um, that no, it was, it was there in the script and he meant to put it in there. He's
2: inside me and he wants to take me again.
0: Yep. Um The fact that he runs away from a girl trying to have sex with him to a boy's bedroom and seems to get in it quite easily.
2: Yeah, that that's hilarious. Donna yeah, Donna was watching the uh the end of this with me, and when that happened, like I was just like, How did he get to that boy's bedroom so far? She just burst
0: out laughing. Yeah, yeah. Also, as well, you know the wallpaper that, that boy has in his bedroom? Yeah. Uh, I just have that wallpaper.
2: Mate, I tell you what, that's so fucking weird. Donna said her cousin Ian uh had that wallpaper in his yeah. bedroom as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had that wallpaper. I was looking going, that's, I'm gonna notice that as far. Yeah, yeah,
2: Um yeah, I mean, it, like, and I mean, obviously the, the whipping of, and stripping of the, uh, the gym teacher. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't have a problem with gay content in cinema. It's just, it's so obvious. Mm. That it, it, ta- it does take me out of the film because it almost feels like there's, that somebody has an agenda here past doing a sequel to Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Yeah. And I just, uh, it,
2: it, it's odd.
0: And if it, it, you know, if they made the character actually kind of have some kind of questions on his sexuality, fair enough, but it, then he does at the end of it essentially get the girl.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it just, um, very, 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 very odd. Very odd. But I, mm. I, I, I mean, the, I mean, the, the dream sequences aren't as good as the first one. Um, the bird combusting <laughs> doesn't make an awful lot of sense. I mean, I get the whole kind of like Freddie Abbott is affecting the real world kind of thing, but.
0: Yeah, but also as well, the fact that they've not even made the house look vaguely similar in its interior to uh, the one in the first, despite the fact that it's the same house.
2: Yeah, I mean, mean, there's also the fact that it's supposed to be five years later, but, you know, watching it back now...
0: It's a completely different size house.
2: (laughs) And the fact that it looks like it was made a year later, it looks like the fashions and whatnot, it all all just looks of that era. Like, the point of having it be five years later was a little bit lost on me.
0: Um, You, you You could have had it a year later, and it would have made exactly the same amount of sense. But it's, it's, it's also as well the there's a point where uh, Kimmy's character she gets the the Nancy Thompson diary, and she's like Nancy Thompson, and she goes, "No, no, a bit, a bit before my time." It's like, hang on a minute, you're supposed to be like what, sixteen, seventeen? A, a girl goes crazy in a house in your neighborhood yeah. mm-hmm. after witnessing her boyfriend get brutally murdered across the road i'm sorry everybody in the neighborhood hears that from about nine ten years old you know there would be stories and stuff like that she'd know who nancy thompson was
2: yeah yeah no absolutely um I, yeah very much agree with that but i mean it i i like the sequence where freddie's kind of at the pool party um mm. it's it i pretty much the only time i think you ever see freddie kind of like in amongst people and like like kill it just like running around Rampage. killing people yeah, yeah yeah which is which is interesting to see um i'll just have a look at the trivia on imdb here and apparently wes craven didn't like didn't want to work on this one because he a he didn't want it to be a franchise but also b he didn't like the idea of Freddy manipulating the protagonist into committing the murders so basically, he, yeah, I, I mean, like what he does with Dream Warriors is interesting, but it sounds like he would have just wanted more of the same then,
0: yeah, which is kind of shit. Um, We're we, we just kind of strange <laughs> saying you don't want a franchise, but you don't want it to evolve. Yeah, no, absolutely. If it, if it is a franchise, it has to be exactly the same. When you look at the the films that he, that he's had as we go further on, he's had a credit within. Um, it seems like you know. To say that thematically you didn't like the ideas that were in this one for those reasons and then to attach your name to future ones which are so franchise-y is it, a bit strange. Maybe it was just, it was just a little bit too... It, it, you know, he'd done that. Don't know. Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know. But I mean, like, uh, having a look here as well, running time of the film, 87 minutes, Freddie appears in just 13 of them. Uh, which is, uh, you know, as the series goes on, he's in it more and more.
0: Yeah, um, but I, 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 I do think though that that is a, a detriment to the to, to the series. I think that the more that you see of um, your evil character and the more of a personality they develop, you know, the, the more the, the the more scope you have to spoil that character.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, like, what I mean, the amount of Freddy you have here, I think, is absolutely fine. I mean, like, the moments where he is on screen is very effective. I mean, the the Freddy transformation when he's around Grady's house is terrific. Yeah, you know, it's like that's good, solid body horror stuff with good practical effects.
0: Again, yeah, well, 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 used and well, you know, some good ideas there. Maybe not as well executed as the first one, but but they're certainly they're there.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, it just, I, I, yeah, I mean, like I say, I don't really, I, I, I'm not massively into this film. I mean, it's just, it's not real it's not scary in the slightest. Whereas the first one is quite creepy. Um, Jesse is lame um the dream sequences aren't as good i mean like yeah i mean i just lost my indb as well and i noticed this in the soundtrack whale song added to scenes where freddy appears for some fucking reason uh <laughs> it, it just yeah i mean like the the central kind of the central relationship i don't think works very well you know i think the i think the girl um kim myers i think her name is i think she's actually pretty good yeah um,
0: she is quite good actually yeah uh, I you know i it just the the, the relationship with robert uh, Russler, um in it the, the the friend it doesn't make sense because they don't seem to be friends but they're friends
2: yeah well, i mean they they start off as like beating each other up, don't they, and then it's just like they just start getting along it's it's very oddly done,
0: yeah, just seem a bit strange,
2: but um yeah i just i i don't know I don't think it's that bad, I think there will be
0: Others in the series that I like less. Yeah, I think that, that's it. I'm, I, you know, I, I've never had a problem with, with, um, part two. I've, I've always quite liked it. I've always, uh, it's always quite up there, quite high in my, if I was to rank them, um, you know, it would be one of the, the higher ranked ones, you know, than the, what will become the lower ranked ones. But it's going to be interesting watching them, you know, over the next few weeks because the last time I watched all of them, um, because with any sort of franchise, there's some that you don't watch very often. I, I, you know, and I'm gonna, I'm looking forward to re-watching those, but, you know, every so often, every couple of years, uh, myself and Becky, we will sit down and we'll do a Nightmare on Elm Street Marathon, where at, uh, like, six o'clock we'll watch one and we'll just watch all of them in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll go the way through it and we'll do that. Um, so, you know, to watch them, you know, in close space, I've never watched them in close space, but over a period of a few weeks, so that's going to be interesting It'll give me a good idea for where number two fits within. You know, I, I'm quite, a, I'm a defender of it, but I'm not going to say that it, it's a great film or anything. It's not a great film, but I think it's definitely not shit.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with definitely not shit as well. To be honest, um, it's may maybe closer to the wire for me than it is for you, but I'm I'm still. Absolutely fine with it, to be honest. Uh, I, I yeah, I, I think it's a perfectly good time. Cool. So we'll um we'll continue the night marathon on Elm Street uh, series next week with a look at uh, part three, Dream Warriors, and part four, uh, the Dream Master
0: yes Dream Master I'm sure it is
2: yeah Yeah, because then it's child after yeah that's right yeah so Dream Warriors then Dream Master Um, but let's get into a few questions Um, Thomas DJ uh, at Nocturne Thomas DJ uh, says just making sure this is the first yeah uh, okay that's fine Uh, what slasher horror movie villain do you wish had a longer shelf life He's still Mary Lou Maloney of From Night 2. Fair play. Uh, slash a horror movie villain do you wish had a longer shelf life. was um, probably going to be one that's only had one film.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, what was the name, The killer's name in Black Christmas? Billy. Billy, yeah. That guy, I liked. It. Oh no, the the burning. That's not a bad choice actually. Fair play. Yeah, the burning because the Burning's a good film.
2: Um, the gender swapping fucked up child thing from Splice.
0: Yep, I I catch on Splice. Candyman, despite the fact I know it did have two sequels to it, but they were fucking awful. Mm. And they uh, took a shit all over. What was essentially a really good film. Sam from Trick like, or
2: Treat.
0: Oh, nice! Yes, I'm pretty sure the Burning did have one sequel, though. I'm pretty, I think.
2: The Burning to Crispy
0: Edges. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just burn. Mm. The Burning too, just burn.
2: <laughs> okay, I think that's that question. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh at very cinematic star wars episodes oh here's a question for mark uh star wars episode seven auditions are well underway what's the worst piece of star wars casting news you can imagine do you I
0: care ca- mark i i don't care uh the the, the funniest bit of news was I, I think would be if they cast um, justin Bieber in a- can you imagine? How much Star Wars fans would shit if they if they if, if it was announced that Justin Bieber was cast in his first a film role in the new Star Wars film? Oh, it'd be glorious.
2: It would be like Shia LaBeouf five years ago.
0: Yeah, it would be. It would be. It it would just be. Oh, they're just doing it for money. Oh, that's glorious. Oh, I got a little bit of a tingle. It would be like that. Um, I think they've got to be being honest. I think they've got to be very careful and. You know, people keep saying, "Oh, you know, when because you know, for instance, Ryan Gosling has come out and said that he has been approached for it, Um, and I think that something like that would be a massive misstep. There's
2: no way Ryan Gosling would do it.
0: I don't think he'd do it. No, I think he's approached, but I don't even think they should be approaching people like that. It it just it seems like they are just going for names (laughs) rather than suitable names. I think think they'll get it right, because I don't think, you know, I've seen this before, um, Abrahams is too canny to fuck it up.
2: I'd like to think so. Um, I don't know what would be a bad bit of casting. I don't know, getting Hayden Christensen back in it, I suppose.
0: Yeah. I mean, an actual, an actual bad bit of, you know, genuine bad bit of casting, rather jokey bad bit of casting. Um, I mean, who, who's like the big ones they've got a cast for? Who's actually going to, which character are actually, that's a genuine question. I don't,
2: don't, don't they haven't really said who's going to be, it looks like it might be like Luke and Leia's son and daughter or something. And like Sersha Ronan's apparently like had an audition and people are saying it's for their, their daughter.
0: I mean, that'd be... It's a very unambitious and very safe bit of casting. She's a good actress, but she's incredibly bland.
2: I like Saoirse and I think, I, I don't know, I think she'd be fine with it. The thing is, basically every single 18 to 30-year-old actress in Hollywood who's not massive, 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 their agents are going to be making them audition for it.
0: Oh yeah, because it's a it's a great cash cow. It's it's going to make somebody a lot of money, Um, you know, and it's going to guarantee exposure for somebody. Um, I I think they'll play it as safe as they need to play it.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, of course, Christ, of course they will. But I I don't know. It it will be like they start filming early next year, so. There's gonna be casting announced soon, I think.
0: Yeah, certainly.
2: So, uh, there's, there's that question. Uh, your old mucker, Lance, at Lance C50. Yes. Miley Cyrus, Britney Spears, Jessica Simpson, Kill One, Fuck One, Marry One, Go.
0: Right. Uh, I'd... Fuck Britney Spears. Yeah. Uh, I've married Jessica Simpson. Because yeah. so I bet she can make a decent pie. Yeah. And, you know, she's, you know, she's quite a hot eight, so, you know, fair enough. Uh, and I'd kill Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Because, let's be honest, she's just a swat. That's the,
2: that's the thing about Miley Cyrus. I don't, you know, having a pop at girls of that age
0: does feel mean. But mm-hmm. some of the shit that girl's been coming out with lately. And it, 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 the thing is, is, is I've, and you know, I've got history of Miley Cyrus on this podcast. You do, actually, yes. Yeah, right. Um, and it just seems like all the, you know, the things that people were saying about Miley Cyrus with, you know, at least she's not doing anything stupid and she seems like she's got her head screwed or anything like that, has just been wiped away very quickly. And, you know, there's the, I've got no problem with if she's, she's what, 20, if she wants to go do you know what i'm young i think i'm quite attractive i want to do this no problem with all that that's not a problem but the issue that i can have with it is her music's terrible and it's just really really terrible she's not you know, she's she's a, she's a pretty girl she has absolutely zero sex appeal at all mm. and she's making it worse by licking sledgehammers constantly sticking out of her tongue for no reason yeah and it's just like it's it's like you, you feel like saying to her sitting her down and saying right marley right for a start off have you ever had sex because what you seem to think it is and what you seem to think sexy is isn't it's so far the other way; it's untrue. Yeah, you're essentially riding on a, a piece of demolition equipment and licking a masonry hammer. That isn't sexy, you know. You, you there is so many other ways that you could have made that that video look alluring in some way, and the only reason why that is deemed to be sexy you're risking every way, is because she's not wearing a lot of clothes or wearing nothing at some point. And the type of people who go, oh god, look at that, it's really, oh, it's hot, and like that, are the sort of people who own Keith Lemon on Blu-ray. <laughs> and they are not the sort of people that you can say, oh well look, people like my music. No they don't. They like the fact that you're not wearing a lot of clothes. It doesn't matter, right? whether you're attractive or not. It's just that they can, in three and a half minutes on YouTube, they can have a wank without watching porn. It's amazing. It's opened this whole new world. And the fact that you used to be, you know, Hannah Montana might make it a little bit sexier for them. It's just fucking weird. And I think Liam Hemsworth has gone, do you know what? I'm out. I was out a long time ago, but I was prepared to try and make things work, but you're just fucking weird now. It's creepy, and I don't like it, so I'm going to go off and find somebody a lot more attractive. It's it's fucking, it's gone weird, the Miley Cyrus thing, and what she thinks, it's not good attention, Miley, it's bad attention. They're not laughing with you, they are laughing at you.
2: Yeah, I don't know, It's it's the kind of shit where you just think in 20 years time, she's going to be really really embarrassed
0: about it there's a sex tip. i'm sorry there is a sex tip. within the next year we are going to get to see miley cyrus blowing a dude and they on
2: that out. note thank what, 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 you for, what, what, thank what you for listening to dude and a monkey this week <laughs> what are yours go on um oh no no i agree actually i was exactly that order
0: yeah, because I, I, as crazy as shit is, I bet these beers can, fuck, I bet she can.
2: Yeah, I'd, i I'd, you know, if I was in that position, in the position to, I'd give it a go. Yep. If I wasn't married and whatnot, you know, it like, if the chance <laughs> arose, it'd just be like, well, alright then, let's see how this goes.
0: <laughs> Becky's just opened the door and kind of looked at me with this, this look of, what? <laughs>
2: Pretty much and now the door closes that's brilliant <laughs> the closes. Um, so uh yeah, that one later <laughs> blimey Charlie right okay uh that is it for this week's Do the Monkey um blimey uh coming up on next week's show uh I think we're reviewing The Fifth Estate yeah. uh next two uh films in the Nightmare ah oh, fuck Marathon on Elm Street series um and all the usual stuff as well, dudeandamonkey at gmail.com, at Ian Loring, at dudefoz, at dudeandamonkey. Mark, anything else to say?
0: Um, no, uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, and like I say, as ever, get your questions in throughout the week and we'll save them for whenever. So if you think of a question during the show, uh, when you're listening to it, bang, fire it off and we'll, we'll keep it for the for the next show.
2: Boom! There we go. Thank you very much for listening, guys and girls. Probably, possibly, maybe. Maybe uh,
0: probably not anymore. But uh, have a
2: good week. Guys. Hey, but, we, we, we talk. We talk
0: about how, how attractive we find a lot of male actors as well. So we're, we're equal opportunists in our <laughs> in our disgustingness.
2: That's a fair point. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>